Welcome to the Nebraska Hawksmith. These guys are brave! They're Hawkeyes, living in enemy territory. Listen, these guys are way past their feet, but they're still Hawkeyes! They're spreading the Hawkeye hype to all of Nebraska! The Frost Advisory is cancelled! Corn Huskers? More like Corn Suckers. Are you ready for this podcast? Let's go Hawks! All right, welcome back to your Hawkeye Oasis in the Nebraska Desert or the Nebraska Hawks Nest. Make sure to take a little bit of time out of your day to hit the like, subscribe button so you can get first access to all of our interviews with Hawkeye coaches, Hawkeye legends, and current Hawkeye players. Joining us today, the associate head coach for the Iowa women's basketball team, Jan Jensen. How's it going? It's going great. I am so hyped. I love that intro. Is, is that one of your kids? One of yours? Uh, no, it's not. Like Jerry always says, we're not cool enough to have a kid like that. And then my kids get offended. They're like, why does Jerry say that about I know. My, my kids are way cooler too. But I mean, yeah, no, he's uh, the Hawkeye hype kid. He did the uh, that George Kittle hype video from a couple years he ago. Did. And then yeah, he I didn't know he, did I didn't know if he was associated with one of you because it feels like he's got your flavor of the show. So it definitely could have been one of your offspring for sure. He's yeah. just that talented. He's one of those guys. You just put him in a put him in a scene and he just adapts and just goes with it. Love it. Love it. So coach, um, I don't know how many Hawkeye fans really know how phenomenal of a basketball player you were growing up and maybe even still are. Um, tell us a little bit of, <laughs> not anymore. Tell us a little bit about uh, your playing career because I mean, you had an amazing high school career, just absolutely shredded it on the offensive end and had a great career at Drake. Uh, walk us through what your recruitment process was like at a high school and what other schools were you strongly considering other than Drake? Right. Well, thank you, number one, for remembering back in those darker ages. Um, but I was really blessed. I was at the end of that six-on-six six era of um, scoring. Yeah. If those of you um, that are old enough to remember, the state of Iowa was really known for its six-on-six six tournaments. Basically, that was two games of three-on-three. Three. So the forwards were shooters. The defenders were called guards. And you never crossed half court. But I was able to score a lot of points in high school, which got me a lot of national attention. And then I had a really good AAU summer, which got me uh, nationally recruited. So I was um, probably one of the few in that era that really got recruited nationally. And I don't say that egotistically. I, I say that as I was a product of timing. Um, I think it was the the golden era was kind of um, ending with six on six basketball. I think Wayne Cooley, who directed the girls' union, could kind of feel it. So they were really trying to fan the flames. And then I, I scored a lot of points. And uh, I got recruited nationally with the help of that AAU tournament. And so I, I, looked, um, I, I looked at an Ivy League. I picked Harvard and the Ivies. I heard from Stanford. I heard from Tennessee, who was a power. Uh, I certainly heard from Iowa. Um, Drake, back then, they were the ones in the Elite Eight. And the power fives hadn't really kicked in yet. There wasn't all of that football money yet. Okay. And um, it was a really fun process. And being a farm girl from Southwest Iowa, to, you know, I had a lot of the recruiting hype that I'm now a part of on this end. Um, kind of earlier, it felt like, you know, or the beginning of that. So I was really blessed. We had a blast, my folks and I going through that. And uh, I made a tremendous choice in Drake. I truly, the people at Drake, the timing of Drake, um, just had a great career and led to a pro career overseas. 
we ended up winning the German cup over there, which was yeah. fun. Um, and then Lisa took a chance on me as a really young coach. And I was going to be a GA, which is usually the way you do things. And then she had a coach leave, wasn't really happy with the search of um, candidates because it was so late. So she and the athletic director uh, gave me a full-time job uh, right out of the shoots. So that wow. kind of cemented the loyalty both, both ways. So probably bored with everybody, but that gives you a little bit of my background and the sport's been really, really good to me. And so is the state. Well, you know, coach, just in the spirit of transparency, Adam's not old enough to remember that stuff, but I am. So you'll know who <laughs> came up with the facts for this interview. But anyway, you know, coach, going back to that, you know, when you talk about the six player game, mm -hmm. I, I remember, you know, playing five player growing up, but in gym class in Iowa, you always played like a week or two of six player. And I remember how hard it was for me to adjust. I kept wanting to run over the half court. Like, right. How difficult is that in the other, you know, how difficult was it for you to transition to the five player game from the six player game yeah. as you came up through the ranks? You know, it, it definitely was harder. And the reason I think the, the six on six became um, old fashioned, if you will, or out of touch, out of date is because it, if you were, selected to be a guard or just a defender mm -hmm. you really couldn't showcase anything for the college recruiters if you wanted to be recruited mm -hmm. now there needs to be said though a lot of young girls they raised their hands to play defense the whole time mm -hmm. i mean they loved it they were proud of that which means crazy to me being offensive minded uh, but that's why the shift needed to happen but it was really hard even as a shooter because you just weren't used to having to run up and down, but the game was um, called differently. It wasn't, you weren't allowed to be real physical. For instance, in that game, if you stood outside the paint, you could hold the ball to your defender. If they even slapped the ball, that was a foul. Really? Now when you're in the paint, then it could be pretty physical, right? At times, but that transitioning, I remember my first time at Drake, even though I'd played summer, five on five rules with AAU the first couple of times I just got it slapped and they'd score full court layup. Sure. So it took me till about Christmas sure. to get kind of used to that full court. And um, then after that, it, it kind of, it came, came full circle, but it definitely, it took a while. Coach, how did your passion for basketball develop at a young age? What, did you have any outside influences? What really got you playing basketball? Well, I, uh, Number one, I think uh, I you're, I loved it. And then my parents kind of fanned that flame. And if I have any advice for parents that are raising children, your children will lead you. No matter how much that you want them to start for the Hawkeyes or throw the winning quarter, you know, winning touchdown, if they don't have that, that drive and they're basically taking you to a practice or asking you how they can get better, um, it's, it's going to be a little tough sledding. And I've seen uh -huh. that a lot in my career, just as a little aside. Um, sometimes I need encouragement. I have kids too, that like to play PlayStation instead of get out there, right. And maybe work on their, their ball handling. But for the most part, the kids will lead you. And I just loved it. And I mentioned earlier, how I was really, I think really blessed. Um, and with timing, I had a tremendous high school coach who saw some promise in me coming, you know, coming up great supportive parents. Um, but I, I just, uh, you know, modeling is so important. When I was in third grade, my high school team made it to the state tournament. And so I remember looking at them thinking like, Hey, I want to do that. You know, I want to be that state tournament team. I want to be the one on the school bus that gets the sirens leading them to, to Des Moines and all, all that stuff. So I, I had a, I had a strong work ethic. I, I really do. I don't know. I don't know if I have much, but I am confident in my work ethic. And uh, my dad really modeled that and my parents. And then I just had a, just had a lot of supportive people had tremendous role models in my parents, my grandmothers. Um, and then I had teammates that really allowed me uh, to, to shine. And like when I played that six on six, I averaged a ton of points because that that system that my coach had in high school, not atypical to a lot of um, great six on six teams. You had one person that scored a whole heck of a lot. 
And now when I've been a coach all these years, I look back and think, oh my gosh, I'm so thankful I had friends and the parents didn't hate me and all that. Because Six, 66 points a game. I, I thought that might have been a typo. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. So that was um, crazy, right? I look back on it, crazy numbers, but it was the way in which we won and the team succeeded. I think it was the way in which I had a coach, Rod Hoig, um, uh, God bless his soul. He passed away a couple of years ago, but he was a tremendous coach and he was really good at that culture and chemistry piece. And um, our teammates bought in and uh, I just, I just really worked at it relentlessly and wanted to try and take it to the highest level. And there wasn't very many professional players back in the day and there was no WNBA back then. So I had to go to Europe if that was going to happen. And so I just, you know, I was just, I worked hard, but I got, got pretty fortunate too. You know, coach, we talked about coming into this, that um, basically just, you know, as we followed you on social media, you're just always on the go. You're always working. You touched on the work ethic you've always had. And you said that, you know, explain a little bit more like how your dad, you said he really, you know, was an influence in that. But I mean, have you been that way from a young age? Because as we're going to find out through this, you're highly accomplished in any endeavor you've taken on. <laughs> so anyway, but, um, you know, that I mean, that's just come naturally. Or I mean, how, uh, you know, how did how did that develop when you were growing up? Well, I think um, I think you kind of have to be wired to really get after it. And I think I was wired like that. Part of it can be um, when you're competitive, you you're if you're a humble competitor i mean there's that i really believe um you have to be hungry humble and smart and when you're competitive you understand that everybody's working hard right that that you i just had a motto that um no one would work harder than me they might work just as hard but i was never ever going to be outworked they might be bigger faster stronger even now today in my life, there might be some more creative recruiters or, you know, uh, they have um, different plans that they discover first or whatever, but I'm not going to be outworked. So I think there's an innate quality to that. I think you look at your circle of friends and some, some guys are just like, they just get after it. Some guys like to sleep in till 10 after, you know, a night of partying on Fridays, right? And they get up and they, they work pretty hard then, but it, getting up at six o'clock is not really in their makeup, right? It's just, mm -hmm. it's just who they are and what every individual I think um, is going to demand of themselves. So I think I kind of had a makeup like that, but when I was growing up on the farm, my, I was a farm kid. So my dad, those big five gallon buckets, he would, uh, when we were, he was feeding, like say we had a few hogs or like a few calves that were, pinned off for whatever reason. I'll never forget. He would go to the bin and he'd fill them with corn, you know, and he would run from barn to barn. He didn't walk. So he was holding them out here and running in his overalls and his, his boots. And I mean, that's just what my dad did. Right. And just yeah. like every farmer, they get up in the morning and they're out in the fields. We took him lunch, my mom and I, and you know, when you're little comes home at 10 o'clock, so there was just a certain way of doing things. And um, I think that if you're lucky enough to see that and then you have a personality of which you're driven to model that, I think good things can happen as you're then growing up. Yeah. And just to put your, uh, you know, when we talked about that 66 point scoring average in high school, you led the nation that year. And then you also then at Drake, I believe average was at 29.7 points your senior year and led the nation. Well, in the homework at there. Drake. <laughs> well, you're one of, I don't know how many players, but you're only one of a few that have probably led the nation in high school and in college yeah. in scoring. So, I mean, it's a, it's a high accomplishment, but, and then secondly, to put it in perspective, your 66 points average, Adam and I, I think combined maybe didn't even score 66 points total in high school. So, you know, it's only if he scored 64 more than I did. So, you know, it's. <laughs> yeah. So it goes back to, you know, you have my friends. I mean, think, think of the times I had to shoot it. I was pretty efficient as a shooter, but still I shot it a lot. Um, and that was pre three point line as well. Yeah, it so, was. I mean, that, it definitely yeah. was. That's I did a, a lot kind of in by the basket, a lot of three point plays. Um, I love the crossover move. Um, it's one of our post signature moves here. Um, and I think it, I've always loved it. 
Um, but I, I think again, I really, um, I just feel God's really blessed me. I mean, honestly, if I, he took me tomorrow, I could not have had a more fun basketball career, more fulfilling personal life with the people that raised me. Um, the people that are my friends throughout college and my family today and my Hawkeye family. I mean, truly. So I say that because I've worked hard, but I had two coaches that were, I mean, almost like if you could have picked them for my skill set, that's who they were. They liked to score and they were able to be really creative, even when people kept throwing doubles and triples sometimes at me in, in college and in high school. Um, cause a triple is what you would have on that, uh, that three on three game is when the ball was going inside, like you could just drop down sometimes and just take your chances on me trying to find someone, you know, out in the perimeter. So I had really great coaches who had a lot of schemes and plans that would showcase that, um, oh, proficiency. And, uh, and it's fun. I mean, heck, I mean, I was glad that was my role, right? I'm not going to lie. I'm glad I was the one that got to shoot it. Right. Okay, um, yeah. But I also think that I was fortunate that my coaches spent a lot of time on the team, team matters. And I'd like to think that my personality would, was helpful because sometimes I look back and it probably, you know, was it that fun, you know, <laughs> to play with someone? I think it was. We had a fun run to state. We got upset. Unfortunately, we didn't win the title. But um, I think what I'm probably most grateful and proud of is when I look back in my careers, I have great friends and I have friends that are lifelong. And um, I don't think they sensed arrogance. I don't think they sensed that I was ever better. I think we all just bought into this plan of becoming the best we could be. And we all accepted those roles. And um, I, I think now as I coach um, to have our stars, if you will, that's really important to me, how they carry themselves as a star themselves. So that's kind of, I think, a little boring story of, I don't know we're going to talk all about me. So that's not boring. Sorry well, about what, that. But thank well, you. That, thank you for what, taking me down memory lane, though. <laughs> that's that's why we're interviewing you. We're here to talk about you, Coach. So just do, go ahead and keep going with it. Yeah, nobody wants to know about me and Jerry. We're not that interesting. <laughs> so. But, Coach, it's it's very clear that you are all about relationships. That might be one of your strongest characteristics as a coach and, and like you said, possibly as a player. Uh, you, with your coaching staff, I don't really see, and Jerry's in agreement to any other coaching staff in the country that see seems so in harmony as you guys are, you guys just like are like a family and you guys are all flowing on the same page all the time. And it's a pretty cool thing to watch from the sidelines, how you guys interact and work together. Um, tell us about the process of uh, when you guys decided to leave Drake and go to the University of Iowa. How did that all go? And how did Coach Bluter talk to you about that situation? Yeah, that, I think that was my big first crossroads, I think we all look, you would look at your lives and the, the decisions we make. Um, you know, I always think now when I'm recruiting our young women, the decision that they make is their first big one. And really when I'm recruiting someone like that first decision for them, that's one of the top two or three, right? Is where they're going to go to school, if they're going to marry, who they're going to marry. And then maybe that first decision of having a child or no child. I mean, that's really how big it can be because when you're going to a university as a young person, um, you're, you're swayed by the championships. You're swayed by the crowds. I don't care if you're talking football, men's basketball, gymnastics, you're swayed by a lot of outside influences, but it's the people that are going to impact you and they're going to help you navigate all of that. And so that's a big first decision. Number one, I think for anybody making that college choice, being recruited or not, you know, we're, our kids are fortunate with full rides, but anybody, when you're applying it yourself and you're looking, do I want out of state tuition? Do I want to go Ivy's? Do I want to go JUCO? All of those are big decisions because it kind of points you in that direction in life instead of that one. So after my first big decision, when I went to, um, Drake, obviously chose to go overseas and play professionally, but that was hard because I could have stayed and my life would have been totally different had I taken the reins of Drake. And I was very humbled and remained 
so to this day that they would have entrusted me with that head coach position. I ended up going with Lisa because I felt like I'd kind of grown up at Drake. I had been a player. We'd had some great times. We With Lisa, we'd been there eight years. We'd won, I think, three or four Missouri Valley championships. But you were starting to see the separation sometimes of BCS schools and the mid-majors. Okay. Not that Northern Iowa and Drake are not fabulous programs and Creighton, that they don't beat Nebraska and they don't beat the Iowas and, and Iowa States at times. They certainly can. But it's the consistency of if you play the series sometimes or just the budget, right, and being able to do what you'd like to do. So I could kind of see that was happening, although I love Drake. And I would say to anybody listening, being recruited by Drake, it is fabulous. And one should not go to an Iowa or a Nebraska or an Iowa State just because it's bigger. And people are always, they're kind of shocked, like, oh, is it so much better? And it, it's not better unless it fits you. And anybody choosing a college, whether you're being recruited or not, you got to find your fit. And sometimes it's awesome if it's Iowa and you can be the starting quarterback or the starting pitcher or whatever, because the stage is grand, the big mm-hmm. network, all of that. But if you go somewhere where you're not really, really addressing your fit, you're never going to shine. So I, I want to be clear on that. I'm not so arrogant. I love Iowa and it is to me the very best public university and it's the best in the state. But um, you'll never hear me say a disparaging word about any mid-major because they work really hard on limited budgets and limited exposures and they can be really successful. So my thing was, as I had I had lived that and we had coached that and we'd had a successful run, I was ready for something that was totally new and different. And Lisa is a great salesperson too. So she recruited me. She didn't recruit me the first time at Drake because she inherited me as she took over when I was a senior, but she did a really good job of recruiting me to come with her to Iowa. And then the rest is, is, is history because we came here to make an impact, to win some championships, harder to do, harder to sustain at this level. And, um, you quickly find out when you're here, they're rare when you get to cut down the nets. But if you can be in that top four um, and you can stick around and be on this coaching staff for 22 years now, um, you, you're really grateful. So that's why I came over. And now we're in this exciting era and we built it um, with a blueprint that we really believe in. And I don't think we've compromised um, our standards and so we've stayed together. I've had some opportunities to be a head coach. Um, and I don't say that egotistically, but I, I say that with the fact that I was really special. And coaching with your great friends, I think sometimes in our profession, you everything's a stepping stone. And I'm not saying that that's an uh, uh, incorrect way to you know, design you know, everybody's individual life. But I haven't been wired that I have to make this crazy amount of money. I make great money. Um, I, I to get to do what I do in a place that I love and raise my kids here. And I mean, Iowa is amazing. So it's kind of been the perfect formula. Lisa has have a great right hand and left hand and Jenny Fitzgerald. Uh, we've been coaching together all these years. Um, it It does help with the consistency. It helps with the. Uh, just the flow, as you said, like the highs are even greater and the lows aren't as low when you know you have that extreme loyalty. And it just makes it so fun because they truly are our family, Lisa's kids, my kids, Jenny, all that. And our players, I think we've been able to attract a great, great level of kid and family because we have that consistency. I don't know about you, Jerry, but like the one thing that I admire about coach the most, sorry to cut you off, Jerry, is the, um, your perspective on life and your career that, you know, you're so comfortable and happy where you are. Most people, especially in your profession are always kind of looking like, like you said, Mm -hmm. stepping stones, trying to get to the next thing. And, you know, you've been noted in the past as saying, you know, I'm not going to live somebody else's story. This is my story. This is what I'm doing. And, you know, I just know that, you know, Hawkeye fans really admire that about you and feel extremely blessed to have you as the associate head coach. Oh, you're, you're sweet to say. I think, I mean, 
I think all of us there early in my career, right? When you're every time you get an opportunity, there's stress. It used to be for a while, every spring I was kind of dreading it because I would get these opportunities to pursue a coaching head coaching. And so part of you is like excited and flattered. And then you're human. You're like, well, wow, that's a little bit more bank or I yeah. could go here. And then, so you have to go through all that. Right. And then you land again. And um, it, it isn't without normalcy of stress at times. And I, over when I was a younger coach here, so many times there'd be people that are like, I can't believe you stay. I mean, God, why wouldn't you go? I mean, they're kind of, there was some head coaches in the big 10, right? So I just, I just can't believe you. I mean, why, why wouldn't, why wouldn't you go? And, and it was interesting how, when I was younger, it's kind of like made me think what, but I would like to note that they've all been let go. The mm -hmm. ones that were really kind of throwing that ego around and da, 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 da is it, I think that um, I have a strong faith, but I think you work really hard at knowing what's important and who you are and the world can define success so easily winning and money, winning yeah. money and looks. Right. And that's just how, if you're a parent, you're constantly guarding against, <laughs> you don't have to look like that. You don't have to have that level of money. You don't have to wear that designer prom dress, right, is getting your kids, that's how, and I kind of think of my team as my kids, is blooming where you are. It's, you know, kind of a little trite phrase, but is if you got something good, water it and see what, see how it blossoms. And don't try to, you know, all of a sudden, just when you're starting to burst through that soil, hop to another pot, because that's going to, you know, you're going to be a bigger flower, or you're going to, you know, do this, that or the other. And I think once I just kind of centered, you know, 12, 15 years ago is great things really started to happen. So not that I haven't, I've certainly been human when you're thinking, well, should I, or so forth. But when you come down to it, when it's quiet at the end of the day or early in the morning, it's um, to me, it is about perspective. And to me, it is about um, really enjoying the ride. And I just didn't, for me, it has never been about going to a small university and proving myself and then making this step and then making that step and leaving. Uh, my family was from Southwest Iowa. My spouse's family is from the Quad Cities. So we were from Iowa. I had great people, family at Drake is like to then go move to a Wyoming to be a head coach or move to Xavier. It, it seems shallow. So yeah. that's what was my story. Um, that doesn't mean like for all my coaching friends that really want that job that it it's worked out for them and good for them. But I'm very thankful that God's blessed me with the perspective that I've been able to enjoy all of this success and um, really have had a pretty fun ride. And if we keep working, it could be even more fun um, on the basketball court uh, and obviously off. I think it'll be pretty fun as I continue raising my kids. Well, you know, and that's what really comes through, Coach, watching you guys, you know, whether it's social media, whether, you know, uh, through the newspaper or uh, online. But basically, get a job you love, never work a day in your life. And I mean, that's kind of what yep. you guys, that's what the whole staff kind of exudes as you follow your, as, as you follow yep. you guys. And I mean, it just, and I mean, that's really the feeling, at least from an outside, that we get watching you guys. So yeah. it's that pretty I'm true to life. I, I am glad because I we are very grateful there are sometimes you're here till two in the morning and you know, you're busting your rear end with recruiting and you're missing your own kids, you know, basketball tournament or whatever that you're like, Oh my gosh, it's so exhausted. This is, or you have a losing streak. Um, but we've never lost sight of how great it is to do what we do. And one thing that's kind of cool, I got to say is in all these years, 22 years, I'm looking at your banners of their Hawks, Nebraska Hawks nest and, your t-shirts and the, the thing that I never ever uh, take for granted, or I, sometimes I still can't believe it is that I get a, like I get to be one of the people that are representing the millions of shirts that are out there. <laughs> and when I'm driving and I see a license plate, you know, the golden black ones, um, there's just 
every time I just have this, this, this sense of responsibility to live up to that pride. And that keeps me motivated because yeah. you guys are living in Nebraska trying to hold the flame for us right there and all that ugh, red, yucky red kind of, um, yeah. but the pride that this state has. And when I drive home, God bless my brother's soul. Sadly, he, he passed away of a heart attack a couple of years ago, but he, uh, one time I went home and surprised him. Unlike many small towns, he had painted his garage. It was kind of dilapidated, but you know, golden black with a big tiger hawk on it. And you just drive and that's the pride in this state. And then I get to live in this office and I get to wear this shirt, the same as yours, but then I get to go on Carver's floor. I mean, that is not lost on me ever. And it has never been something I take for granted. Um, and it motivates me every day because I know Maybe there's not as many people that care if we win or lose as they do if Kirk does with football or Fran McCaffrey with basketball men, but there's enough. And if there's one, that's worth sure. it. Hey, so coach, if we could step back one second, when you talked about you first encountered Lisa Bluter, what were your impressions of Lisa when you first met when she came in? Cause she did only, I think she'd only coached at St. Ambrose at that mm -hmm. point. And uh, so she comes in, what were your first impressions of Lisa Bluter? Well, I've got a little picture right here, too. There it is. Look at back that. Back in the day. Back in our day. That's probably our first or second year, I'd say. Oh, my gosh. That's, yeah, that was probably her going on her third year at, at Iowa or at Drake. She was really young and um, had a real nice little bounce about it, I remember. But you know how kids, when my senior year, when she took over, as anybody is, when the coach that recruits you leaves – and now you got to learn a new system, especially when you're a senior. You're like, ah, oh, gosh, I don't really want to do this. Um, but when we started practice, she was very offensive minded, which was fun. And then this is a fun little story. Um, when I was kind of conditioned for three years, a great woman coached us. Um, but uh, her philosophy, if you didn't perform so well, sometimes it was not it you know, there was the little extremes and so forth. So anyway, um, we were, Lisa took over, we flew to Hawaii and we were in Hawaii and we got beat by 25 points by the fourth ranked team in the country. And we were kind of conditioned that if for three years, had we not, if we didn't win, we didn't do a whole lot of fun outside of the tournament. We were in a tournament in Florida and it kind of was a bad memory. We were in Florida, but we didn't get to do much because we lost. And so we get shellacked and Lisa came in and was so intense. And she was like, I can't believe we didn't box out and gave us a really intense speech. But then after that said, okay, you got 50 minutes to shower. We're going to go eat at Hard Rock. We're going to hit the beach. We're going to watch film tonight. So she walks out and we're like, oh my gosh, we love wow. her. Did she just say that? And all of a sudden it was like, you could just ship the We bought in and it just changed. And then she just stayed true to that. And I think that's part of the reason I continue have always stayed with her because our value sets are similarly. Um, we view what we're doing is not life and death. Um, we should be shaping. We should be teaching. We should be educating through wins and losses. And we blow it sometimes. We're coaches. Coaches are crazy. You lose. You feel the pressure. You get too hot. Come hard on a kid. But not that often. And the perspective of um, to lose sometimes. But if you're in this tropical place, uh, to make sure you don't just see the inside of a hotel room. And that really resonated with me and my teammates and I. And that's how she's continued and we've continued to coach, but we're not, I mean, we're not perfect. Every, every area will have a, a nightmare story, right? That, oh, the coaches made us run, blah, blah, blah. Um, but overall though, I think, uh, I think it's that perspective that um, really impressed me about Lisa and continues to. Coach, over the years, you've really developed a reputation for developing post players. And one of your best, if not your best, uh, Megan Gustafson, we just had her on recently. And Jerry asked um, her about her relationship with you. And she's like, oh, my gosh, I love her so much. Like, you know, you met so much or still do mean so much to her. Uh, tell us about your relationship with Megan and what she means to the university and to the Iowa women's basketball program. Oh, I mean, Megan is um, Megan is just one of those rare people 
that truly are the definition of a humble superstar. Um, I, that's what I've loved about her is in a generation where everybody's popping their collars and, you know, look at me selfie and promoting, you know, Hey, I had a triple double tonight because that's what, that's the world we're in now. Right. With the NIL name, image and likeness, yeah. how many Instagram followers you have is going to parlay into who wants to, you know, support you. Right. But Megan, Megan was a joy. Megan was incredible. I mean, Megan, it was a blast to coach her. And honestly, this cup could have coached Megan Gustafson. I mean, she was just a sponge and she was so eager. Uh, I get way too much credit for overall the post play, um, all of them. But Megan was something. And I, I tell anybody to this day, they need their sons and their daughters to meet her. That you just need to be around her for a while. You need to absorb her aura because she just has, a, you talk about perspective, you talk about work ethic, uh, you talk about being grateful and, and, and busting barriers and going against the odds for her to stick in this league uh, for three years. Um, I mean, unless you know basketball, in essence, they have taken Megan Gustafson in the pros and she spent her whole life as a back to the basket center, including here, because I did not develop her to be a three point shooter or um, a forward. And they've turned her into, they want her to have a skill set of a small forward. Mm -hmm. That's, that is like, that's like taking um, a point guard and wanting them to become a post up player down at, at the block and expecting them to be really you know, pro proficient at it. Yeah, it's unnatural. Be able to do it. She's got a beautiful three. Uh, she's leaned up her body, committed at a level I, I, I couldn't believe that she got to and handles the ball now. Uh, amazing. And she really um, will forever has left her mark. She'll forever be on the Mount Rushmore here of women's basketball. I, I don't think we'll ever see someone like her um, of what she could do efficiently how she did it and how she really uh, brought a brought a team together. Coach, how crazy is it in your experience? Because in all the ways you just described Megan, we just had a men's player in Luca Garza the exact same way. I mean, how how unique has that got to be as Hawkeye fans for us to be able to see two players basically <sighs> within a year or two of each other have those kinds of you know it's just incredible. And I so much so often you feel like maybe it gets lost already with Megan having been gone a couple of years, but. I tried to get Megan to claim she was better than Luca, but she wouldn't do it. I, Never. You know, I can't. Under, I know she was too humble. But can, can we get you to make that claim for her? Or? Uh, no, because Luca is a great young guy too. And the reason what I loved about Luca is I don't know if you guys saw one of his press conferences at the end of his career, but he he gave a nod to Megan, and it was his, her influence on him when he came, and she was always in the gym doing the micing. And he would just watching her work out and he went up and started talking to her. And to me, that was such a, a tremendous statement because we continue to need uh, more men respecting and, and treating women uh, with a mutual level of um, appreciation. And it's going to start with people who are actually in the arenas doing it. You know, it's easy for a, you know, all the guys to sit out there and get mad at Jordan Bohannon for missing a, a three-pointer, get mad at, you know, the WNBA who wants to try to get more exposure and tell the women to get in the kitchen. And they've <clears> never <throat> really been in the arena, right? So we're never going to reach those people. And I've never been about like our team is better than Franz or better than Steve Alford's or we need to be supported more than Kirk Ferentz. Never. It's never about that for women. It's just, about maybe wanting just a little respect for the hard work they put in. Yeah. And um, that's all I think most of us as women that are in it would like, and we don't often always get that. So Luca, um, I would never uh, ever give, get in a little sparring match between those two, because I think they'd be a great um, uh, co-ed post duo if we had such a league. But you talk about that time frame and both national players of the year within three years of each other, um, man. And they're so similar. 
Um, Luca, uh, with the men's game though, they, you know, the, our men's style, they uh, were letting him shoot that three a little bit earlier. That just isn't part of our, mm. our coaching stats philosophy. Um, but man, both of them, I mean, the same in our little realm when Megan was getting drafted, same question marks. Could she do it? She's not really a big, you know, can Luca really be the big? He's, he's not Giannis, right? And now his yeah. summer league's looking like he's pretty good. Yeah. You just gave me an idea, though. How cool would that be if we could have a co-ed basketball in college basketball? Imagine what that Iowa team could be from oh. the last five years. Oh, man. <laughs> That'd be really fun. Because we got a one. couple of great point guards. Uh -huh. You know, we could pick some of our guards on the men's side, but with uh -huh. Cleveland Clark, Megan for two of ours, and then uh -huh. Luca, oh. Joe, that, that'd be all right. We'd, we'd be okay. <laughs> I'd be pretty confident in our chances there. Yeah, I, think I would too. I would too. So, Coach, uh, in these interviews, we always like to get to know the coach or the player um, a little bit more than just like you know the average fan watching on TV. So, uh, you know, kind of bring us bring us into your home after a big victory. You go home after a big win, and you get to put up your feet and relax. What's Coach going to do? What's what's going to be maybe her drink of choice for the night? She's going to listen to some music and watch some TV. How, how do you celebrate a big victory? Well, depending on the timing, right? Is um the like as we've gotten older, some of the big victories we have forced ourselves to not turn the video on right away or turn the page and start on the next one. If you have like a couple of days, um, but if uh, if a big victory would be um, a gin and tonic for me, all right. Um, uh, I'm a I don't drink a lot. I'm kind of two drinks max if I do more than one. But I love a good gin and tonic, and I like a top shelf gin. Okay. Uh, not a not not that like top shelf gin, top shelf coffee. Other than that, I'm I'm pretty easy. Decent wine. I don't know my wines, but I I do enjoy a nice gin and tonic for a celebration, um, or a cookie or a Snickers Blizzard. Um, they don't have Snickers anymore because of the peanut allergies. That was my favorite. Um, wow. Through the the turtle one, whatever that is, pecan cluster. Now, okay. um, I'm just as happy with with that. Um, I do like music a lot. I don't listen to music maybe after the game, like a big win, but I love all genres of music. In fact, okay. I'm going to Maroon 5 at Wrigley on August 30th. Nice. Kind of adjusted nice. the schedule. I wouldn't maybe have scheduled that one, but I had a nephew that he and his girlfriend couldn't go, and he was trying to get rid of the ticket. So it kind of worked um, right. to, to be able to, to do that, but... I have a little theory I'd like to share with you too, or a little sure. way I live my life. I think that regardless of your appreciation of music, whatever genre you really like, you should always go to a concert, if you can, of any artist that goes by one name. Interesting. Interesting. Beyonce, Dolly, Adele, Prince. Drake. I mean, like you're, you're just yeah. kind of like, if you're one name status, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, cash, like if you would have, could have seen Johnny cash, like those kind of, you just need to go and be part of it. So then in the conversations, you're going to be at some cocktail party and they're like, uh, did you see, you know, who, Bruce Springsteen in concert? Okay. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I did. So that, right. that's what I think. So you just got to go, you just go and be part of it. We need to ask you this because we've asked a couple other uh, people this question. I think you'd be perfect for this. So you're given two concert tickets, okay? You can see any band or single performer, dead or alive. Mm. Who, who are you going to go see? That might take the rest of our podcast because <laughs> I have a mm, breath of music. And sometimes I get, get kind of stuck on you know, who, I mean, gotta be the Beatles, man. You gotta put yeah. them in there just because they are it. And then boy, I took a class at Drake. It was the history of rock and roll. Which <laughs> kind, of, kind of fun. Sounds awesome. Uh, it was one of my, one of my classes, the few that was just fun, but it was still a little harder. The guy, man, still had a harder test, but um, boy, I, I would say definitely the Beatles and, Maybe Elvis, only because Elvis was, he was kind of the icon here, you know, if you're going back in time. Um, but man, boy, 
I don't know. I'd say definitely the Beatles, but I'd have to get back to you on the number two. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yep. Okay. Uh, good deal. So coach, one of the things, another thing we do, um, and we kind of alluded to it with the Megan discussion, but we also like to play a little word association game with some of our guests and we give a name and you give a word or a phrase that first comes to mind when you hear this person's name. All right. Are you up for this? I'm up for it. I love games like this. All right. Uh, Adam, do you want me to start or you want to do it? Uh, go ahead. You can do the first one. The first one I've got is Lisa Bluter. Passionate. Definitely. Is it, it's one word, right? One yeah. or a phrase. Okay. And, oh, also, though, I mean, she is like, if it's a good play in practice, it is like, that is beautiful. So if the players, like, if, if that comes out in practice, it's like, it doesn't come out often, but that's what you're you're searching for. So I would say, I would say that of that just is fun. And a foot stop, by the way, her knee's a little sore after all these years because she slams that foot. So that's three things. I'll, I'll get better as we go. I'll get okay. better. That's okay. That's not bad at all. That was good. Okay. Number two, coach Jenny Fitzgerald. Oh, mastermind, uh, efficient. She's who I would put in my, um, space shuttle. If I had to go and you're like, you got it. She's MacGyver. She's MacGyver. Brilliant strategy mind, uh, problem solver, um, funny, very clever, dry, but she's just, just masterful and organized. Oh my gosh. Or, I mean, my office can be chaos. Hers is like, looks like it came out of like a magazine on how you should organize an office really great friend you know just real quick on on talking about jenny coach how is it that she i mean i don't think she gets enough credit on you know she just flies below the radar she doesn't. And, and i mean but she's she's as to me it's like she's as much a part of the trio of the you know that very much the staff that came and i felt badly about that as we've gotten older um, I think part of it maybe is my personality. Lisa's person, oh. Lisa's the head coach. Um, uh, we've, we've also had some prolific pros players, and I think mm. I get too much credit for that. But Jenny is um, a little more reserved. That's kind of what I was going to ask you, if it was more personality. Or yeah, just kind of a little bit more just re reserved when, when it comes to um, being out. Like I really maybe enjoy like a big Hawkeye setting. Jenny will enjoy it, but just really going, um, you know, that like maybe not like uh, having tons of conversations. So I think sometimes just by nature of kind of how I grew up in small town, Iowa is, is just I love sitting down and talking to people right over all these years. But um, Jenny certainly hasn't gotten the 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 credit at times. She is uh, really hugely re responsible. And I think it's a great credit to her. Jenny was kind of done with all of this um, flying around and recruiting and calling and texting and Facebooking and, you know, snapping and just, it's a little much sometimes. Yeah. And um, her mom and dad have retired to Florida. They used to live in the Quad Cities too. And, um, you know, everybody's aging, right? And I think there was just a time when she just said, I, I want to be around them a little bit more and kind of, not have this pace, but Lisa and the administration, uh, you know, went with us and created the perfect position for Jenny. And that was basically everything she loves and nothing that she doesn't. And thankfully what she loves, she's really good at, which is a lot of our strategies. Her and Lisa are tremendous with all of that. I, I enjoy that I'm part of it, but they're, I'm, I'm gone a lot with the recruiting but we just really um, utilized each other's strengths all of, all of these years. And um, I think that's been really um, great. None of us were ready for her to really retire. So for her to kind of have it this way, sure. be in Florida a lot when we're not in actual competition, um, but to be able that she's still on staff and a very integral part of it, uh, that's a big sign of respect. And I think now our, 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 small fan base it, you know the people have been with us they've always realized that but i'm i appreciate you saying that because um i i think she needs a lot more credit and 
I likely need a lot less. So. This game, this game really went off the rails. Completely. Well, I was just going to say, so we're going to go back to this game. We're going to throw a name out here that we have not discussed yet. Okay. Um, Jenny Lillis, which is now Jenny Baranchek. Oh boy. Fiery. Uh, the most intense, um, obsessed uh, kid I've ever coached. Um, and so it's no surprise as she has, you know, ascended in, in the coaching ranks, but you talk about uh, of all the kids I've ever come, you know, coach, she would, she didn't have any problem with that dagger and turning it and going. Right. And it's really, really served her well. Yeah. All right. The last Proud one, I'm getting exhausted keeping this game together. You guys are just going off rogue on me this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> the last, the last one we're going to do is uh, Caitlin Clark. Oh, golly. Huh. <sighs> Man, that one, she is, I mean, really amazing, um, unpredictable, um, fun, uh, just confident swagger, um, just, just a going to be iconic. Yeah. Um, she really just has, a she has a way about her that is really fun. It's, um, rare. Uh, it's those kids that, you know, they got it. You just like, yeah. it's that borderline of that. They're very confident. If you don't, you know, if they're not on your team, oh, she's arrogant for a woman. If it's a guy, oh, that guy's so competitive, right? There can yeah. be a, uh, sometimes people that can, it can hit them the wrong way, the way she comes at you, but she's, um, just so talented and so great, you know, grateful that we, we got her and she's, um, you know, she's been her whole life being so great that she's had to do so much and she's able to sustain that. And then now it's really been a fun challenge for her and us is continuing to refine her game why she soars, but bringing everybody along with her. Mm. Um, but she's just, she's just really a, a, just a fun presence in practice. And she's able to elevate everybody's thinking around her. Like, you know, when she came in and said, I want to go to the final four, very few people say that, right. They're just too worried that they may not live up to it. And she didn't think about not living up to it. And to be able to have that presence in your locker room every day, is, is, is amazing. So I got a lot of descriptors for, for her. Um, sometimes you can like, you got to settle her down, but that's what makes it really a challenging and, and fun. But she's, she's special guys. Really. I'm, special. Ne I'm never playing this game with you guys. again. Brevity's not my thing. We know that. If you know my, my world, I, I fail at the game, but I gave information. Sorry. I, I, no worries. I'm a, I am an expert out of long answers to short questions myself. But um, <laughs> I just want to note that the last two we talked about, Jenny and Caitlin, are also fellow Dowling alumnus. So I got to give Dowling the shout out. Give the Dowling shout out. I love Dowling. We, we've recruited Dowling many, many times throughout our career. And I'm going to give a shout out for Bob and Sharon Hansen, who oh, laid yeah. the foundation at Dowling. And their current coach, Kristen Meyer, does a phenomenal job. Uh, she's really, really good. Uh, we, there are so many great coaches in our state, but the Des Moines area, boy, God, there's some good ones there. Uh, but I think Kristen did a great job um, beginning to develop Caitlin, her AAU system, Dixon Jensen and company. Um, everybody, you know, helped her get to that level. Now we're trying to refine her. Um, so we're all have, have enjoyed that. And I just, um, the Clark family, great, great people. And, so we're really um we're really excited about you know continuing well, to go here with with Caitlin. You know the uh, the one commonality I guess is that Caitlin and Jenny both have their names on the wall of the gym and I don't. So anyway, we'll just put that <laughs> well, out like, there. <laughs> but it's, maybe it just it takes a few years to get in that circle. <laughs> unless, unless they're going to put up a podcasting thing, so maybe I've still got a chance. They might. There they you might. Go. There you go. All right, coach. If we we're in Carver Hawkeye Arena right now, all right. It's just it's me and you and Jerry. I'm sitting on the sidelines, just kind of hanging out, relaxing. We're gonna roll the ball out on the court, and you're gonna play Jerry one on one. How long is it gonna take you to put him away? <laughs> oh boy, you know what? I I 
I feel so honored that you want to be in your podcast. So I, I don't think I better start with my smack talking now. <laughs> bring uh, it. I'll go, I'll go do ahead. It. Do it. <laughs> Just bring well, it. it depends. Like if he's going to take me out to the three point, I didn't spend my life out there. Now I can make a few of them. But if we stay inside the arc, I, I like my chances within five. No. I say, unless Jerry, do you play noon ball? If you play noon ball and stuff, then I got to reassess. No, you know, I used to, I used to play all sorts of pickup, but I've, I've hit an age now where no, I, you know, I, the golf game has uh, taken yes. over, and yeah, so it just happens, doesn't it? We're all it the you realize I don't think my one, my body wants to do that like that anymore. Yeah. Don't you, you guys know, I, like how when I set the scenario, I'm the one sitting on the sideline? Yeah, I watching. did like that. Well, I wish know, that, like, who would win between you two? That's the question. Well, like, again, it's the difference, though, because I I did grow up playing back to the basket, and Adam was too chicken to do that. He'd just run around outside on the arc, you know, where he didn't have <laughs> shoot, he didn't shooting have, threes. He didn't have to, he didn't have anybody touching him, you know. So it was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He, he I'm all ready. about the physicality too. Like you got to bring <laughs> yeah. it in there. Being a post coach, you got it. You got to love it. Embrace yeah. that contact. He was, he was too busy trying to be the original Steph Curry. He didn't have the blue collar work ethic <laughs> to go down in the paint. So I put on all this beef at an older age. I didn't have this on me when I was still in my playing days. So, well, coach, we just want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to Definitely. to talk with us and you know we appreciate everything you've done over the years at the University of Iowa we're just so blessed and excited to have you be such an integral part of that program and we're really excited for this year to see where Caitlin and the rest of the girls on the team are going to go but before we leave we want you to give us maybe one or two names of some players to look out for this year that nobody's really talking about mm, that's a good that's a a good question um I think, well, I think what has to happen, Caitlin and Monica need to do their thing. Um, I feel like uh, McKenna Warnock is uh, really a great power forward for us. Um, I think that people know her, but I think she could become a bigger presence if they take away our inside or try to put more focus on, uh, on Caitlin. Um, I think our newcomer, Kylie Fuhrbach, um, she is a nice long guard. We needed to have a little bit more size. So she's a little longer than who, who we have. Gabby Marshall starts at the off guard for us, who's our better defender. But I'd say um, those two, I'd look for them to give us a little bit more of a, a, a push. Um, our, our incoming freshman, we have a six foot four kid out of Denver. Um, she's uh, could be a power forward or she could be a, a back to the basket. Um, but I'd like to kind of develop her as a power forward to give us a lot of length coming off the bench. So that could happen. But freshmen, they kind of take a little bit of time sometimes. Yeah. But I think um, for us to keep taking that, you know, the next steps is um, I'd like to for us to be able to highlight McKenna Warnock more so okay. because she's pretty versatile and, and talented. And um, I'd like to use the length of uh, Kylie Furbach a little bit uh, as a newcomer. I, I've definitely utilized uh, BTM Plus, too, in the last few years, to yeah. all the games that you guys play in that aren't on national TV. It's a really great you know, tool to have to be able to watch all the Iowa women's basketball games. It's been great. Yeah, well, thank you for t tuning in. And it, it's nice. It's uh, you know be better than nothing. And it's... Um, we're we have some exciting tournaments that we're gonna we've been invited to play in a, a, the next year um, okay. with a player like Caitlin you get a little bit more notoriety so you get invited to some different showcases which you'll be able to watch on the major networks on nice. ESPN we usually have a game or two on ESPN but these early season matchups um, if they come to fruition um, we can thankfully we do have the Big Ten Plus to to rely on. But it's also nice when we have some marquee matchups that'll be a little easier for everyone. And I gotta say, man, we got the sickest uniforms in Division One basketball. Oh. Those are so Aren't sweet. They, they are good ones. I gotta give a shout out to our uh, Abby Emmert Stamp and Catherine Reynolds um, Player Development and Han Hannah Bluters are ops. But they they do a great job working with Nike and bringing that script back. And that's that's, that's cool. Fun. I know that that script is awesome. Now, when you guys brought that back, I think you really set the trend with a lot of other. I think uh, a lot teams. of people did. They were like, "Whoa, yeah," which yeah. is fun. I mean, God, I love it. 
It's so cool. Well, coach, we'll let you go here. Thank you again for you know everything that you've done. We're really looking forward to this upcoming season. Nothing but luck and success going forward. Thank you. And we thank always, you for all you guys do. I hear <laughs> I I see you on occasion, but I'll make sure I, I'm following you if if I am not. But a lot of people I know uh either retweet it or maybe I am following, but sometimes I get so caught up on I feel badly. I I post a lot, but sometimes I can't scroll through whether ah. it's Facebook or whatever, because you're just trying to, it takes a lot of time to navigate your own recruits. So mm -hmm. when every, a lot of times when, you know, everybody at the end of the day is just going through to catch up with their friends. I'm, I'm on it a lot just to kind of make decisions on recruits, you know, what are they doing? How are they, how are they operating and then need to be up on their world, but I enjoy what you're doing. Uh, and thanks for keeping the golden black over there. And that, that red, I grew up, my brother, he taught me early that we weren't Huskers. He, <laughs> we were so close. He was, that was just not a team of ours. So um, I always kind of kid when in my mind, I, I think of my brother and he, he would have loved this little Nebraska's hawk's nest. I can tell you that. Well, well, coach, you know, on your recruiting trips that you take so many of that, probably a lot of travel time and just, you know, to put it out there, we are on Spreaker, Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well. Awesome. So can take us I, will. I will take it. And I do. And, and, and my, my son, he, he's a big podcast kid now. He's uh, he's going to be an eighth grader, but he was very excited. And he said, I can listen to that because he goes on the golf course and he, he listens to podcasts. He goes okay. on his own and and does the different things. So. Nice plug, Jerry. That was That's good. good. I like it. He did that so smoothly. Just got it right in there. Didn't seem, and you need to. Uh, I'm so proud. Hey, I, I might be a slow learner, but I learned. But anyway, <laughs> hey, Coach, um, just a real quick, too. We told Megan on our interview, but I just, I, you know, I would tell this to any of you guys, the coaching staff, the players. It isn't just the fact the success that you guys have, but we're so proud to be Hawkeye fans when it comes to the women's team because of the way you, you carry yourselves. And we're just so proud of you guys. Wow. You carry yourselves so well. You're so professional. It isn't just wins and losses. It's just the fact that you guys just yeah. do it right. And we just, it, it makes it a privilege to be a Hawkeye fan. So you, you guys are great. I mean, thank you so much. And that, yeah. to us, that is the highest praise that we, we could get. And we're so proud of the young women we're able to attract. And and we're just proud to be Hawks. So thank you for appreciating yeah. it. And thanks for having me on. I, 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 I It was fun. I, I have a blast. And uh, I look forward to hopefully meeting you guys someday in person. If you're over here for a Hawk football game, We'll be on the field with some recruits. Give me a little wave. Yeah. Um, and then um, if you come for our, our games, let let me know. I'd lo love to see you. If you see a couple guys in the black and gold up in the stands in Lincoln, even, you'll probably know that's us. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for ha having thanks, me coach. on. All, all right, right. Thanks, yeah. Coach. And have a great rest of your summer, and go Hawks. Yeah, go, go Hawks. Hawks. See you. Bye-bye.